It's the Field of Vision podcast with your host, Jordan Eisen. How's it going, everybody? And welcome into the Field of Vision podcast. Joining me today is Craig Rondanomi of Rotoballer. Um, and he just does a lot of stuff for Rotoballer. Uh, he told me he does tight end waiver pickups, pivot players that are like guys that if you have someone who's questionable, someone you can pivot to over the weekend, um, and a bunch of other stuff over at Rotoballer. Um, but Craig, the th- way that I like to start each of my episodes with a new guest is by asking them, how did you get in to the fantasy sports industry? It is such a weird place to work. Um, and the fact that it can actually be like a viable profession is kind of insane if you really think about it. So what's your story? Sure. Uh, when I got out of uh, college, uh, I went to Monmouth uh, College. Now it's called Monmouth University in New Jersey. And a couple of buddies of mine, they work for a place in Jersey City called Sports Ticker. And so I got a job there. And after a couple of years working there, they asked me, they had heard that I did fantasy sports, uh, you know, with my my coworkers and would I like to write a fantasy baseball column. And I started doing that. And then they said, well, could you do football? And I said, yeah, sure, I could do football. And they were like, could you do hockey too? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do all three on a weekly basis. And we worked out a deal that I didn't have to go to the office as much. And I got to just write my columns, you know, from home. So it worked out really great. It was really well received. I did that for about a decade. Uh, I also worked for a friend of mine for a place called Sports Fan Radio too. And then uh, after uh, Sports Ticker, they got bought out by ESPN and they moved on uh, to Connecticut. I started working for Bleacher Report and I wrote fantasy football stuff for them for a couple of years. And then eventually then I moved to Rotoballer. And I think I've been with Rotoballer for, I don't know, about three years now, three or four, three or four football seasons. I've done a little hockey stuff for Rotoballer, but mostly football. And uh, like you said, during the season, I, I do two columns a week, uh, the, tight, the tight end waiver wire column Monday mornings, and then the uh, pivot plays and post post pickup pickups i i post waiver pickups that's how it's called <laughs> and that's uh that's thursday mornings so and then in, even in the off season i'll i'll do a column a week for roto ball or you know around draft time or off season free agents and you know who sleepers for the following year things like that so i'm i'm writing fantasy football for roto ball year round gotcha yeah i i've enjoyed my every i've had a few guys from roto baller on so far and every time I just I feel an urge to say I've really enjoyed working with Rotoballer. They're very flexible and conducive to whatever you want. I, I've definitely loved that experience. Oh um, yeah, they're great. Yeah, for sure. So now without further ado, let's get in to our game of the week. I selected Browns and Chargers. You could have gone with Ravens and uh Colts. There were quite a few very nice, very, very fun games this week. But I went the Browns and Chargers. It was uh, both teams were great the whole game. And I don't know what we're going to really talk about here because you kind of know you start the Browns running backs, you start Austin Eckler, you start the Chargers wide receivers. There's not like any pressing fantasy questions. So let's just kind of talk in awe about just how good these teams are and how different they are too. I think that's interesting because on one hand, the Browns, they're like ground and pound. 
Gardner, uh, not Gardner Minshew, uh, Baker Mayfield's kind of like a game manager, but a good one that can do things sometimes. Uh, he also kind of fails at things sometimes, but this game he was good. So let's just start with Baker Mayfield, I guess. What are your just general thoughts on him? Well, he uh, it's amazing he has as much fantasy value as he does considering he's on a team that's really a, a run-orientated team. Uh, I He's right now, I know he's playing with a banged-up left shoulder, so you're going to get some weeks where maybe he's not at his best. Luckily, it's not his right shoulder that's messed up. And maybe this week he's going to throw a little more. Uh, it was announced today that uh, Nick Chubb isn't going to play this week because of his calf injury, and it's going to be all Kareem Hunt at running back. So maybe we're going to see a little more uh, Baker uh, throwing passes through the air, and maybe he'll put up some more points. But uh, the Browns' offense looks phenomenal. They got a great mix of run and pass, and uh, it was good to see uh, David Njoku uh, really True. blow up and and have uh, the big game that he did. He uh, he is somebody who I feel really has been repressed in that offense. They have Austin Hooper. And they, they have so many wide receivers that need the ball, like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. So when you're running the ball as much as the Browns do, there's not a lot of pass attempts to go around. And I feel like Njoku uh, has really been in the doghouse for a couple of years. So it was amazing to see him break out for 142 yards like he did. Yeah, he had a really nice game. And I definitely think is worth a waiver wire pickup and probably a start in week six. Um, I mean, before Zach Ertz went to... Arizona, I thought it was going to be Najoku. Like after this game, I thought that this was a high value that the Browns would be willing to trade him at. And then I guess they wanted to hold on to him. So, I mean, it's tight end at most positions. Someone who has a game comparable to this one, you wouldn't really uh, think of it with too much, uh, like with that much merit. But. Mm At tight end, I mean, you kind of have to roll with it. I have David Njoku as my tight end 13 heading into this week. But if he performs again, like he's all of a sudden a tight end one for at least another two weeks. Like it was an exciting game. Um, And then on the other side of the ball, let's just talk about the Chargers wide receiver situation. Um, Who would you rank higher for week six? Is it Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? I've got Mike Williams. Yeah, I'm... I have a love-hate relationship with Mike Williams because in the past he has really burned me a lot with some of his uh, injuries. Uh, In the last couple of years, it feels like every week he's listed as questionable. And I do believe now I've heard he's he didn't practice uh, one day this week because of a knee problem. So normally I would be all Mike Williams ahead of Keenan Allen, but that Williams injury situation, uh, you really got to monitor that heading into the weekend. Yeah, that's true. He missed practice. Um, it says three hours ago, so I guess um, very recently. That is a little bit concerning, but I still, if all things were, if he was still healthy, I would have him ranked above Keenan Allen, which I think really says a lot about how Mike Williams' season has gone because he's just been so good. Like, he's, I think that wide receiver two like on the season in terms of points only behind Cooper Cup and he might even be ahead of Cooper Cup like he's been so good um made a lot of big plays 
You know, he, he's yeah. made a lot of big plays downfield. Him and Justin Herbert really seem like they're clicking now. And, uh, you know, if Williams is healthy, yeah, he's, he's a thousand yard receiver and could get 10 touchdowns. He's, he's really tough in the red zone because he's got great mm-hmm. leaping ability. So where Keenan Allen, he's more of the guy uh, that's good for like a, a PPR league because he, he's consistent. He's going to get you half a dozen catches for like 80 yards, but he's not going to get those 70 yard touchdowns like Williams again. Yeah, I agree. Um, they both, I think they're both great, but Mike Williams just caters more towards fantasy, at least when he's healthy. Um, so yeah, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I was trying to trade high for Mike Williams, like pay up for him. Cause I believed in it. And at this point, I think it's too late. I think he's a consensus wide receiver one, which mm. is kind of crazy, but I mean, he's just been really undeniable this year. And it's not only that he's been good. I think he's always been pretty good. But he's um, been like a much bigger part of the playbook this year than he has in any other season. Yeah, um, that's definitely I love the to case. See it. Yeah, I yeah. think he's, uh, you know, Keenan Allen, uh, especially when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback, it was like Keenan Allen would get like 15 targets and Williams might get five. And now it's yeah. definitely more even. And if they're getting the same amount of targets and Williams is more of the deep threat, he's definitely the better fantasy guy to have because he's going to have more upside. It just takes – he's kind of like Tyree Kill. It just takes one one catch and he yep. can get you a 75-yard touchdown and make your fantasy week for you. Yeah, agreed. Um, and now this is a very smooth segue into our top quarterbacks of the week. Um, Justin Herbert kicked it off the Chargers quarterback from that same Chargers Browns game. He scored 43 points at 398 passing yards. Where would you rank Justin Herbert in your quarterback rankings? I have him at least for week six, only behind Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I really like him. Yeah. Would you rather rest of season? Would you rather have Herbert or Aaron Rodgers? Oh boy. That is a tough one. Uh, Especially since my, my wife is a green Bay Packer fan, (laughs) but I, I think I would rather have Justin right now. I mean, if it's a standard league where you're in the league and next year, like the rosters are going to, you know, start from scratch, then it's a mm-hmm. little more even, but definitely if you're in a keeper dynasty league, yeah, you keep sure. Herbert, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's a whole lot younger than Aaron. And uh, even though Aaron hasn't lost anything off of his fastball and he's been doing great since week one, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, the sky's the limit for that guy. That's a, a yeah. franchise fantasy quarterback you could build around. And he's going to be, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about him against any defense in the NFL right now. He's always a threat to get at least at his worst two touchdowns and 240 passing yards. And, mm-hmm. and normally he does a whole lot more than that. And he has some rushing scores too. Like he's not a zero um, on the ground, which is like not something you're really considering, but it's definitely useful. Um, and like, yeah, he could very well win MVP if he keeps this going and those other guys ahead of him kind of slow down a little bit. And I could see that happening. I think like come the end of his career, he's going to have an MVP, like two Super Bowls, just something like that. Like he's, I don't know if that's Hall of Famer and it's definitely way too early to predict that, but I think he's going to have a great career. He's just so good and it's so obvious when you watch him. Yeah, um, he's well. He's well on his way. The only worry I would have for him this year is uh, 
you know, his top running back is Austin Eckler, who has been fantastic. He's been a fantasy force this year. But uh, Eckler, you know, he does have a little bit of an injury history. If he gets banged up, then I would worry about teams being able to key on the pass a little more against Herbert. And uh, I think Maybe. right now he's so dangerous because they do have such a good running game. It helps his play action. So uh, that would be my only worry. If Eckler gets banged up, I don't love the backups behind him, and then and then maybe Herbert would struggle a little bit. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think a great career ahead for Mister Herbert. Yeah, he's and the weapons are really nice too. You mentioned Eckler. We talked about Williams, uh, Keenan Allen's no slouch. It's a good, it's a good place to be for Justin Herbert. Plus that O line's looking better. Mm. Um, next up, Lamar Jackson. He scored forty two points in like. 30 of those were in the fourth quarter in overtime, but he had 442 passing yards by far a career high. Like I think he only had one 300 yard passing game before, um, before the Monday night match, but then he added 150 onto that. So he had a really, really good game. He's different this year and it might just be, be, be because of how they're using him because they don't have running backs, but Lamar Jackson, you watch a Ravens game last year and it's like it feels like every like third player, at least one play per like down is a designed run. And this year he's not a pocket passer. He'll never be a pocket passer, but he's throwing a lot more and like he still runs a lot, but not that many designed runs. And that probably has to do with the running backs. And it's not necessarily great for fantasy, but. The fact that he can do that is really scary for like when J.K. Dobbins comes back. And even until then, he's he looks better as a passer. Still not great, like probably about the 50th percentile. But that <laughs> when you have those legs, 50 or 50th percentile definitely cuts it. Um, have you noticed anything different about Lamar this year? Uh, definitely his accuracy uh, seems to be a whole lot better. Uh, he has... Well, he did have a little help uh, with the receiving core when Baltimore signed Sammy Watkins. And so it seemed like he was helping to get uh, Hollywood Brown open a lot more. Uh, The one thing about his last game was he was facing an Indianapolis defense that their secondary was totally depleted. They could not cover Mark Andrews. It it, it was like they they believed in social distancing because they were six feet away from Mark Andrews (laughs) on every play. So he Mark Andrews hadn't really done anything this season until until that game. So, you know, he was wide open. Brown was wide open. Even Duvernay was open a lot. So. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it kind of helped out Jackson too that Baltimore was trailing most of the game, so they kind of had to throw the run out of the window, and and he passed so much, you know, in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think he's definitely improved. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect 400 yard games uh, too many more times this year. Uh, the game Boy, script worked out perfect for him, but uh, he's definitely improved as a passer, and hopefully he keeps running. He's just safe about it, and he doesn't get hurt, and uh, we can get him through the years. His only problem is still the fumbling. He's he's fumbling a lot. If you have him in a fantasy league yeah. where that's like a, a minus, like an interception, then you know that gets annoying if he fumble, you know, loses a fumble once a game. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, uh, you know, he's he's a top five fantasy quarterback, no doubt. Yeah, and he touches the ball a lot that he just will fumble a lot. But um, that is something that he needs to fix to be like elite elite. But I mean, he's already won an MVP. 
this kind of feels like a Super Bowl year. I'm a Ravens fan, so probably biased there. But <laughs> like their team is not as completed as it has been. But it just kind of feels right. Like they've had all these really nice games, and he just feels more clutch this year. And that's such that's such a poor argument. But it just like I I get a feeling like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this year ages. Um. Tom Brady scored 38 points, had five more passing touchdowns. Wasn't as good last night against the Eagles on Thursday, but whatever. It's Tom Brady. Josh Allen had 37 points, three only 315 passing yards, but that's not concerning. He blew uh, that game wide open like immediately. It felt like the Bills are back to being the Bills who just have a blowout like every other week. Josh yeah, Allen so, is yeah, insane. Do you have any words? Uh, yeah, I, I love Josh. I, I mean, uh, you know, Tom Brady's great too, and and he he looked okay last night. Not not as good as the five touchdown day the the week before, but uh, Josh Allen, his mixing of running and passing, and he's just so big. You don't even worry about him running anybody over because he's he's so durable. So mm-hmm. uh, right now, uh, it, one good thing you know, we always knew he could hit Stefan Diggs, and they had a great you know rapport. But now this year, Dawson Knox, the tight end, scores a touchdown every yeah. week. He's he's been uh, Allen's favorite target in the red zone, and also now Emmanuel Sanders, the last two or three weeks, has really turned out to be a good number two wide receiver. You know they didn't have that last year, and Diggs was getting like fourteen targets a game. Now they got Sanders. Now teams can't double team Diggs as much, so it seems like they got a little more weapons in the passing game for Allen, and that's just going to make his fantasy value go even higher. Yep. I really like Josh Allen. He is probably my QB one for the rest of the season. Do you agree? Would you took like would you take like Kyler um Mahomes over him? I think I'd go Allen. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big Kyler fan. I got him in, in my fantasy league and and he's part of the reason why I'm in first place right now. But um yeah. Kyler does have yeah, he still has his yeah, he, he could get hurt, and he still does have his games where he just throws maybe 170 yards, one touchdown. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't give you that 50, 60 yards and a touchdown on the ground, you know, it, it might not be that great of a fantasy day where Josh Allen's mm-hmm. definitely more consistent. And, you know, you, you know you're not going to get a clunker out of Josh Allen. You know you're not going to get like a, a one-touchdown, three-interception game with 180 yards, unless it's snowing in Buffalo in December. It's really, uh, you know, Allen is is a much safer bet than Kyler Murray. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say Josh Allen. Right now I think he's, you know, he's the top contender for MVP in the NFL mm-hmm. and, and right now uh, the top contender for MVP in fantasy football too, I'd say. Yeah, Mike Williams might be MVP for fantasy football if you're taking um, draft value into account. But yeah, yeah Josh that's... Allen's been amazing. Um, yeah. Let's move on to running backs, though. We've got Josh Allen, not Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor um, leading it off. He scored 30 fantasy points, 169 yards from scrimmage on only 15 carries. The 15 carries doesn't necessarily concern me. Just an interesting note. Um, he wasn't like splitting the work with anyone too much. He's just so good. Um, the offense isn't great. The offensive line is not as good as it used to be. But honestly, Jonathan Taylor is just a really good running back. I don't have too much analysis here, but um, like before the season, we had the top four. It was like uh, CMC, Dalvin Cook, um, Derrick Henry, and like some people had Zeke, some people had Chubb. 
Um, I think I might just be blatantly missing someone. But uh, do you think that he's in like that tier of running back at the moment? Uh, right now, I would say, I mean, he's definitely, I'd put him definitely in the top six or seven. I mean, now Austin Eckler these last couple of weeks, he's starting mm-hmm. to creep into that conversation too. And uh, and even James Robinson, now that Urban Meyer is actually mm-hmm. using him full time, he's getting up there too. But I love Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, he Indianapolis has a couple good other backs and that sometimes affects Taylor. You know, Hines has to get in there on third downs and then sometimes Marlon Mack gets his carries too. So, uh, but yeah, it it was almost kind of disappointing that Taylor only finished with 15 carries and 169 yards because he got 73, like two minutes into the game on that, that opening touchdown pass. So you thought he was probably going to have like a 200, 250 yard game, you know, when when you start out like that and they were winning, you know, most of the game until Baltimore made their comeback at the end. So you would have thought they would have been pounding him into the line a little more, but uh, I guess it wasn't in the game plan, Uh, but he, he's a great back week in and and week out. So yeah, I'd be, not shocked at all if he finishes in the top five by year's end. Yeah, he's just, he's so good. Um, Austin Eckler, you also briefly referenced, and we talked about him a little bit with the Chargers before. He's also really good. Um, definitely a different type of good than Jonathan Taylor, but he just does everything really well. Um, like, he's like CMC lights because he just doesn't quite get the same type of work, but he does similar things, and um he's been so good recently he had uh 28 points in week five and he just just scores all the time yeah yeah yeah, i mean that's been the good thing because i know in past years it seemed like he would do all the work and then they would bring in a bigger back down by the goal line to get the touchdowns now they're leaving him in you know when they get inside the five which is good to see so now if he's getting touchdowns he's catching passes obviously he's touching the ball 15 20 times a game he's always a threat to break something for 30 40 yards so uh yeah i mean austin eckler definitely in the in the conversation right now is as one of the best running backs in fantasy yep uh, I just want a yes or no answer for this next guy. Miles Gaskin scored 27 fantasy points, 10 receptions, 74 yards, two receiving touchdowns. Like, is he the unquestioned starting running back for the Miami Dolphins? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't know if I agree with you, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think saying unquestioned is not necessarily fair because – I mean, Malcolm Brown was the starter just two weeks ago, um, and Miles Gaskin isn't amazing. It's not like um, some of these situations where there's a backup running back, and it's just like, okay, very understandable if you want this guy to be the starter. Like, Miles Gaskin, it's very okay. Like, I understand why they don't want him to be the full-time starter. It, It seems like it should be and this year it is a committee backfield um yeah i agree i, I agree with you my, miles miles uh, the the one reason i said yes was i feel like he's coming off a good game and this week they're going to play jacksonville so i feel yeah. like he's going to go crazy against them because jacksonville's defense hasn't stopped anybody so i could see gaskin having another good week when they play in london sunday morning and then eventually then, you know, Malcolm Brown and him will probably start, you know, splitting carries again. Malcolm Brown, you know, I like he's, you know, he, he's kind of like he's Gaskin. He's, he's like Jamal yeah. Williams. 
yeah, he, he, they're both solid. You know, they're not like franchise running backs. They're not guys who are going to take over games. And on that Miami offense, that's what they really – they don't have anybody who – they have a lot of okay guys like Devontae Parker and and Mike Gusecki, but they just don't have anybody that really blows you away offensively. That's why they're an average offense, that and the fact that their their quarterback is is injury-prone and, and has really struggled at times, you know, during his first couple of years in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need something to go right for them because I thought that they had a lot of potential to be, like, kind of great. But I don't know. Something something needs to change. Uh, the next guy, James Robinson, just really want to briefly bring him up. 21 fantasy points last week, 149 rushing yards. I think he looks better than he did in 2020, which is really saying something because what was he like, RB5? And he looks better this year. I really like James Robinson. Um, and then also, uh, it's not technically week five, which is what we're going over in this episode, but we're recording it on Friday and Thursday night. Leonard Fournette went crazy. I think we kind of saw this happening. Um, Leonard Fournette, 28 points, 127 yards from scrimmage on 28 touches. He is without a doubt the lead back on one of the best offenses, and he's looked pretty good, which is something that really you could not say before since that uh playoff season like he has not been good i don't even know when that was like 2018 or something like it was a while ago um and he looks good again he looks like that leonard fournette except for with blake bortles as his quarterback it is tom brady so (laughs) i'm really excited for leonard fournette i think he's an rb1 honestly um and like if we were redrafting i would take him in the second round i i think he is really a valuable asset yeah, I feel bad for Ronald Jones because I think uh, that guy uh, deserved a better fate. Uh, but Fournette has stepped in. He's done a great job. And it's good that he finally has a nose for the end zone. When he was in Jacksonville, I had him one year. And I think he had like 350 touches and he scored two touchdowns. And I was like, <laughs> how is this guy not getting into the end zone? But uh, he really is running hard with Tampa Bay. And and he's steady. He catches the ball out of the backfield too, which is something I don't remember him doing in college. So uh, he he's really an improved player, and and he's in a great situation because Tom Brady and all those wide receivers and tight ends always get him touchdown opportunities. Yep, I'm excited for him. I trade for him. I would have said before this week. Now it's going to be a little bit tougher. But if your Leonard Fournette manager is not fully convinced in your league, this is a buying opportunity because it was 100% real. Um, now for wide receiver, we already talked about Mike Williams. He is very good. Um, Devante Adams, he's also really good. I just wanted to bring him up because he had 206 yards and I feel like nobody's talking about it, but 206 yards really should be talked about. Um, but the reason nobody's talking about it is because what can you say? It's Devante Adams. He will definitely do this sometimes. Um, but Marquise Brown, we briefly talked about it when we were talking about Lamar Jackson earlier. He had 29 fantasy points, 125 yards, and nine receptions. He doesn't look different this year. It's just the balls being thrown to him do. And when, like, he's always run the sim- these similar types of routes, like a short route, a medium route, then another short route, then a long route. And sometimes he gets targets. But this year, like, if you only saw 
the ball and you didn't see who was throwing it. Like it feels like when Lamar Jackson is throwing to um, Marquise Brown, it kind of feels like that one year that like um, that Russell Wilson had a perfect passer rating throwing to Tyler Lockett. Like it just feels really right. And like they're in sync, which has not been the case in past years. So I'm excited. I still am a little wary because what if it's just been lucky these first few weeks? But it also has been five weeks. So it's bordering on a big enough sample size. But from what we've seen, it's looked really good. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on Brown. And it's amazing, too. He He's he's actually dropped a couple touchdown passes mm-hmm. this year, too. So his numbers could even be better. But it, he's in a great spot. He's unquestionably the number one wide receiver on that team. There's nobody even close. And when Baltimore's running game is, is going good, they just do a play-action pass, and he could be wide open. And even though Lamar is not the best passer in the world, if Brown is wide open 40 yards down the field, he'll get him the ball. So it's a great situation for him. He hasn't had really any of those, like, two-catch 20-yard games because Baltimore is, like, you know, running the ball, like, 48 times. That hasn't really happened this year with all the running back problems they've got. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sold on uh, Hollywood Brown. I think he's definitely going to have, uh, uh, you know, about a 1,200-yard year this year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um would you rather have Hollywood or let's say Tyler Lockett? They're pretty similar. Hmm. I'm going to go, boy, I'll tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to still stick with Tyler there because uh, I have a little more confidence in him because Brown does get banged up because the occasional hamstring pull and, you know, Seattle. Well, you know what now? Now you got me thinking Jordan, because I would definitely go Lockett if Russell Wilson wasn't hurt. But I don't know how this Geno Smith situation is going to pan out. I'm a Jet fan. I know I know way too much about Geno. So I don't know if I can trust that guy to get lock at the ball for the next like month, month and a half. So, okay, I'm going to recant my statement. I'm going to go with Brown, but only because Russell Wilson's hurt. I, I think I would still go lock it because I do think he's better. But I think this week's going to be pretty telling and I could definitely pivot based on what happens in week six. Um, Kadarius Tony also went really crazy. 25 fantasy points, but that's with 189 yards. And he looked really good. He looks kind of like Tyreek Hill, but without the deep ball stuff. Like maybe if Kadarius Tony was on the Chiefs and like Tyreek Hill was out, they might look pretty similar. Uh, he probably like we haven't seen him too much yet. He probably doesn't have the same ball skills as Tyree Kill because Ty Tyree Kill is just a complete anomaly. So he's not completely that, but he definitely has some of the same characteristics. I am very excited. Um, I'm glad that Daniel Jones is back, opposed to Mike Glennon. Mm. Not because I like Daniel Jones, but because it's Mike Glennon. So. <laughs> I'm excited for Tony. I think he's going to be really good. Um, Kadarius, Tony, rest of season, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, once all the giant receivers get healthy, which they haven't been healthy all year, uh, when when the top three guys, Shepard and Slayton and Galloway, were there, Tony was complaining that he couldn't get on the field. So he was really upset, and and then all three of them got hurt, and then Tony got his chance to shine. So I'm sure he's not going to go back all the way back into the doghouse anytime soon, but I heard Shepard will be back this week. 
maybe Slayton, uh, not Galladay. So it'll be interesting to see. I would say the next couple of weeks, Tony's Tony's fantasy value will be good as long as Galladay isn't there. But once Galladay and Shepard are back, then uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think Tony's going to be a hit or miss guy every week. There'll be weeks where maybe he gets 100 yards and a touchdown and some other weeks where maybe he only gets like two targets and he's really a fantasy dud. Maybe. I'm a big fan of Kenny Galladay. I think he's a really good player. I think Sterling Shepard's like fine. I wrote an article. It was actually uh, my Rotoballer application article was how I thought Sterling Shepard was the best sleeper this year. So I like both of them. But for who the Giants are, Kadarius Tony has definitely been their best wide receiver this year, even in only that one game. So as long as he doesn't regress too much, of course, he's not going to get 200 receiving yards every game. But as long as he shows, continues showing what he showed in week five, he's going to be their number one wide receiver and be their number one wide receiver for a while. Like, I am really excited for Kadarius Tony. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a good, uh, good keeper in dynasty leagues. That's for sure. Sign him yes, to a five year yes. contract if he got him in a league <laughs> like that. Yeah, he's. He's really good. Um, and it just it looks different. You can you can tell that he's not normal. He kind of has the Alvin Kamara thing going for him where he just like he doesn't look super fast, but he just kind of runs past people and you're not really sure why, but he just does. Um <laughs> he's it's kind of like that. Um it, I've been so impressed. Uh Chase Claypool, 22 points, 130 yards, Juju Smith Schuster out. Um I like Claypool, but I don't like Roethlisberger. It's a weird situation, but like about where are you ranking Claypool? Like, would you rather have Claypool or let's say Brandon Cooks? Ooh, I I would rather have, I would rather have Brandon Cooks right now. Brandon Cooks, uh, he is unquestionably the number one you know, wide receiver in Houston where Claypool, even with Juju being hurt, he still has to deal with, you know, Johnson. He has to deal with a couple good tight ends there. And uh, James Washington, he's he's a pretty good number three wide receiver. He was the number four. He was probably the best number four wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, he'd, he'd be starting for most teams anyway. So uh, you're right. Roethlisberger is definitely a problem there for, for Claypool. So I like Claypool, but again, he's another one who – one week he could get 120 yards, and then the next week he he kind of gets 25, 30 yards, and Deontay Johnson's the one getting all the play. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I, I I have my reservations about Mr. Claypool right now. Yeah, um, I I also have reservations, and it's mostly Ben Roethlisberger related. I think he's a really good player. Um, Robert Woods finally did something, and he's. Got 150 yards, so pretty impressive week. 21 fantasy points, 12 receptions. Um, at least for this week. If this was week one, you would think Robert Woods was the wide receiver one. Of course, that's not the case. It was week five, and Cooper Cup is still very clearly the Rams' primary choice. But I guess it was encouraging. Like You'd rather see this than not see this. But can you start Robert Woods in week six? 
Well, I think you could start them. Um, I, I, I wouldn't get too excited because it really does seem like it's Cooper Cup and then everybody else is splitting the other like 15 passes that Matthew Stafford throws. Just now Deshaun Jackson needs his couple. You know, Tyler Higby needs his couple. But um, this week, for some reason, I mean, the Rams are playing the Giants and the Giants are going to be all banged up. I just have a feeling that Robert Woods is going to be a wide receiver one this week. And then, you know, when the matchups get a little tougher, the defenses get a little tougher. He, he He's definitely a matchup play. Like I, I, I wouldn't, you know, use him every week because uh, he's, he seems like he's going to be a whole lot more hit or miss than Cooper cup is going to be this year. But uh, this week I would definitely yeah. use Robert Woods if I was in a, you know, a DFS contest and the price was right. Or, you know, if he was like, you know, the third wide receiver on my team, I'd try to get him in as a flex or my number two wide receiver. I think he's going to do well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm interested to see what he does this week too. Emmanuel Sanders, he's the Bills wide receiver too. Sometimes he will go off. Sometimes he will not. In week five, he did. He scored 20 fantasy points almost with two touchdowns. That'll happen sometimes. Um, and then Antonio Brown, and let's just kind of talk about all of the Bucks receivers. He scored 28 fantasy points uh, in week five, 20 last night. He's been really good too. Is he the, like, can you make an argument that he's the Bucks' best wide receiver? I like Mike Evans still, but I definitely think um, I like him more than Godwin. Evans is tough, but Brown's been really good. Mm-hmm. I I think Brown right now. Th- this is the Antonio Brown we we saw in Pittsburgh. He's he's bat. He's gotten past his personal problems. He's now you know he, he has his footing with Brady. He knows the offense really well now. I think he's the number one guy. He's just a more all around player than like Mike Evans is. Evans is really good in the red zone with his leaping ability. He's going to get you the touchdowns. But Antonio Brown, boy, what a route runner he is. And he showed it again last night, especially toward the end of the game. He had a couple really great catches that that sealed the game on that fourth quarter drive. So I, I think he's clearly the number one guy there fantasy wise. Evans, number two, and then Godwin, number three. I really hope for Godwin's sake and his fantasy value, he takes his talent somewhere else next year. If Brown and Evans are back, he deserves better than to be the third banana in this offense. He's not even the third banana because Rob Gronkowski, when he's healthy, he, you know, it really makes Godwin the fourth banana when it comes to passes. So uh, Chris Godwin right now, his fantasy value is is probably at its lowest. Uh, it would be great if he could go to a team that could really use a wide receiver, like say Atlanta or something like that. Then I think he would bounce back in a big way and be a thousand yard guy again. Yeah. I, I like Godwin, but he just doesn't feel the same um, as Brown and Evans in terms of like stability at all. Um, But he's still good. Like you're still starting him. Uh, Let's go over a couple. Actually, let's skip tight ends because we kind of talked about all of these guys. Uh, Mark Andrews was really good. 36 points. Uh, David Njoku had 24. Dawson Knox had 19 uh, Andrews and Knox, you are starting. David and Joku, you could start, but mm-hmm. probably want to see at least one more week before you feel too confident because um, he has had games like this before. Um, but that wraps it up for the best performances from week five. We're going to take a quick break for an ad, and we will be right back with the busts. And we are back. 
Let's talk about some of these busts. There were a lot of really nice performances last week. Honestly, not as many busts as usual, I feel like. Um, Sam Darnold was really bad. He had six points. I don't know. Like, we're not starting Sam Darnold. Uh, last week, I had Eli Jacobs on the show. He vouched for Darnold. I was definitely skeptical, and it seems like <laughs> I was right there. Um I don't think you can start him, but I don't think every week is going to look like this. Um, Their offense runs around CMC, and he was out. He'll eventually be back, Um, and that'll kind of boost DJ Moore and CMC himself, of course. So you're not starting Darnold. You're not starting Robbie Anderson. No. Uh, You're still starting DJ Moore. He's still really good. Whenever CMC comes back, obviously. Um, I don't know what there's really – what there really is to say here Mm -hmm. um, other than I think it's been confirmed that Sam Darnold and all of his rushing, rushing town touchdowns are not for real. Yeah. The, uh, as his competition has gotten stiffer, his uh, fantasy numbers have definitely gone down. So uh, I knew he would do good in his revenge game week one against the jets. And he, you know, he got to face Houston and that was a very porous defense to go against. But now that he's facing some good defenses, I think we're, we're getting more of the true Sam Darnold right now. He's, he's just not an every week fantasy starter. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. He feels a little bit like Matt Ryan, but definitely like worse of an arm. Um, Like you're, you can stream him. Like, let's say, he has a matchup against the Chiefs. Like, sure, you can definitely stream him there. He's a streamer. That's really all he is. You don't want to start him week in and week out, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Carr, similar thing. I had a really, really heated argument with a Raiders fan in, like, I don't know, like January of last year. And he was like, a week from now, Derek Carr is going to have 4,500 passing yards and 40 touchdowns. And I was like, bro. No way. And I set a I set a calendar reminder in my phone so that I can go back to that because that was that was an argument I felt petty about. So you must have been at the, beginning, the first couple of weeks though, because he was looking good those first couple exactly. weeks. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I was kind of scared after the first few weeks because not only did he have quite a few yards, he was leading the league in passing through like week three, but he looked good doing it. So I was a little spooked, but I'm starting to feel better about my bet. Um, he has not been good recently. Only seven points, zero touchdowns in week five. He's also a streamer, right? Yeah, and I, I, I'm worried about him and, and just a lot of the Raiders right now with all the, the turmoil surrounding John Gruden stepping down. I think, you know, I, I don't know how the interim coach is going to do. And I don't know how this is going to affect the play calling since John Gruden was such, you know, an offensive guru. And he had really, you know, taken Carr under his wing and Carr definitely played, you know, some of the best football of his career, you know, the last couple of years. So now I, I would be really worried about what we're going to get out of Carr and some of the Raiders the rest of the year. Other than uh, Waller and Jacobs, you know, I mean, I figured that they'll be good no matter what. The rest of the Raiders, you know, those receivers, I don't know what you're going to get out of Ruggs and Renfro and those kind of guys. And definitely Carr, uh, he's definitely a matchup play. If he's playing a bad team, then, you know, stream him. But if he's got a tough matchup on the road, then I would definitely bench him or ignore him. Yep, I agree with that. Um, and then Kirk Cousins, similar thing. 
I think we know who Kirk Cousins is. We don't really need to talk about him. Um, terrible RBs. One was really bad. That is Trey Sermon. He had one fantasy point on one carry. So <laughs> I yeah, guess it's okay to drop him, right? Yeah, those San Francisco 49er running backs, these last few years, they have just they have given more ulcers to fantasy managers yeah. than anybody. You just never know whether it's Raheem Mostert and his injuries or Jeff Will, you know, is it going to be the week Jeff Wilson plays or is it going to be Sermon or you know, these last couple of years have been really rough. So, yeah. I I don't like to have any 49er running backs on my team. I I don't want to have anybody other than George Kittle from the 49ers on my team and now now I don't even trust him with all his injuries. So I'd like Debo, uh, but yeah. Yeah, um, Debo's been great. I, yeah, I, I forgot about Debo. He looks like he's having a breakout year. So yeah, uh, sure. I'll, I'll ride with Debo right now. Yeah. The, heading into this season, it did seem like the Niners would continue being a little bit annoying with their running backs. But that was when Raheem Mostert was still injured, uh, was still healthy. Once he got injured, it was like, okay, I guess Trey Sermon is the running back now. And then Elijah Mitchell had like, 19 carries in his like debut game. It was so weird. And that the 49ers uh, backfield has definitely been fulfilling their uh, prophecy. It's been so annoying, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't help the quarterback Trey Lance. Now, you know, when he plays, he runs the ball a lot too. So that's just taken away from the running backs, you know, rushing attempts as well. Yeah. And we do say all of this, but whenever Elijah Mitchell's been healthy, he's been the starter. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm. Um, I would definitely be okay starting him. But Trey Sermon's a drop. Um, Chase Edmonds, he had three points on six carries. This will happen sometimes when the Cardinals' offense isn't really moving. James Conner might get a couple touchdowns. I don't know. This this will happen sometimes. He's not a very good player. He's, like, fine. Um, and sometimes that's what happens with fine players on good offenses with lots of mouths. Sometimes it just doesn't really happen. Yeah. There, um, there's not enough balls to go around there. Now that they have Zach Ertz, it's uh, you know, it's going to be hard to get, you know, Kyler Murray's going to have to throw the ball 40 times to get everybody a decent fantasy game because they have, you know, three or four good wide receivers. And uh, James Conner has been a pleasant surprise. He's stayed healthy. He's finding the end zone every week. And he's catching balls out of the backfield. So this is the James Conner we saw a couple of years ago with the Steelers before his his horrendous injury prone year last year. So it's it's good to see him bounce back, but it's been at the expense of Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Miles Sanders in Week Five he scored eight points. Last night he scored eight points. I don't know. They're not giving him the ball, and it's I mean. The rest of their offense is so bad that they probably should give him the ball. But if the rest of their offense was good, I would definitely understand it. Like, if Miles Sanders was on the Bills, never give it to Miles Sanders. Like, he's not that good. But it's not the Bills. Like, shouldn't they be feeding him a little bit more? I don't understand it. It's annoying. But it's what's happening. I I was thinking earlier today, remember that time, like about a year ago that people were drafting Miles Sanders in round one, like pick six overall. That was insane. And it feels like forever ago. Um, Yeah. I don't know what the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles game plan is. And I know a lot of teams don't like to run against Tampa Bay because it's so hard to run against their front four, but 
mm-hmm. you know, when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you cannot expect him to throw like 25, 30 times and run the ball. Like you, you have a decent running that back there in Sanders. They gave him the ball in the fourth quarter. He actually had a nice 23 yard run that led to a touchdown. So I know Philly fans. I, you know, I live here in New Jersey. I heard Philly radio today. They were like up in arms with the play calling. They don't know why they don't give the ball to Sanders more and, and what the heck the plan is with that offense. So something's got to be done. I would not be surprised next week if we start seeing Sanders getting the ball 15 times a game again. Perhaps. Maybe this is a buy low. Um, I mean, buy really low. Like, don't spend up for Miles Sanders, who has been atrocious. Um, but he is playing the... Um, Let's see who he's playing next week. He's, I think it's a good matchup. Yeah, he's playing Vegas. Um, so that's definitely noteworthy. Um, he definitely, yeah, this could be a buy low. His upcoming schedule is Vegas, Detroit, mm-hmm. um, then the Chargers, and it starts to look bad. But maybe try to get him for the Vegas and Detroit games. Um, yeah, yeah. I, but, I would definitely think about that. They're going to have 10 days to prepare for Vegas. Hopefully they actually create a couple running plays for the poor guy. <laughs> maybe. And why aren't they running a read option? I don't get it. Would you trade, though, let's say Robert Woods or um, Miles Sanders? Uh, I would definitely rather have Miles Sanders out of that duo because – Miles Sanders doesn't really – I'm not worried about the competition he has when it comes to getting the ball, and especially now that Ertz is gone, I think he might even get a, a little more play in the passing game. Yeah. Where Robert Woods, you know, I'm not totally sold that after that last week's game, now he's going to be getting eight to ten targets a week. I still think that's – it's going to be really wishy-washy with all the receivers they have, and, and definitely Cup is the number one guy. And he's going to be the guy who gets most of the targets. And Woods is going to have to fight it out with everybody else for the what's left over. So uh, I, I take Sanders over Woods on that trade. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, but I, I don't know. He's been bad. I would try to buy low with like a Robert Woods type wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I would also take Sanders. But I don't know if everyone agrees. I think some people would take Woods in that situation. So mm-hmm. something like that could be a good uh, proposal to make. I think people might want to start dropping Sanders even. Um, yeah, maybe. Like yeah, been, I, I mean, run, rough. to me, they're both bad, but I'd rather have the bad running back than the bad wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> and the bad running back might not even be that bad. Yeah, um, it, it might just be his situation is bad. So. True. And the Robert Woods is good too, so kind of same thing. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. Um, let's move on to wide receivers now. Cole Beasley, I think you can drop him. He was really good last year, but Emmanuel Sanders just makes so much more sense in that offense. He opens up a whole other uh, like dimension that Cole Beasley just can't. Um, Cole Beasley's still reliable, and he'll have some of his typical like seven catch games but you're not going to know when those are going to be you can't start him maybe for a bye week filler he's okay but he's pretty worthless in my opinion yeah I think in Buffalo's last game he was only out there for maybe 25 percent of the plays or 25 snaps something like that it really seems like they've phased him out and it's more Dawson Knox 
more Emmanuel Sanders and more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, using both of their running backs too on passing plays. I really wonder if, you know, if Beasley was not so outspoken about his vaccination status, if they, this would be going on because, I mean, he was coming off a career year last year. So he's, he's definitely still one of the best slot receivers in the league. I don't think he lost a step overnight. So, uh, but the offense is clicking with him in a reduced role. So I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah, he is 32 though. So like he's getting older. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, 34. So um, I guess it doesn't say too much, but yeah, he just in such an electric offense where every time that they try to, they can get a good, a huge play. Like what's the point of Cole Beasley? I, I don't think he benefited them, even though he had a career year last year. I don't know if he was actually that useful. I mean, they didn't have anyone else, so I guess maybe he was, but Knox is like breaking out for real. Um, and Emmanuel Sanders has looked solid. So I think Cole Beasley's a drop. Odell Beckham Jr. still looks really good. However, there's something going on. It kind of feels like the Mike Williams things from years past where he just like, it hasn't been quite right. Also the Hollywood thing, like the chemistry, it's such a crutch argument and it like, it's usually not real because sometimes like, if someone has like three bad games, then they just say, oh, the chemistry's off. But I don't know. For Odell, it's been whenever he's played with Baker, it hasn't been very good. And honestly, when Odell's been out, it's been better for Baker. So I don't know. So weird. We talked about the Browns game. They blew up, but Odell did not. He only had two catches. You can't start him. Do you cut Odell Beckham Jr.? I would not cut him, but I would definitely make him like about the fourth or fifth wide receiver on my team right now. He, he mm-hmm. He's definitely borderline. Uh, I, I do believe that a little of the problem right now is, you know, he's, he's only a couple games back from, you know, a torn ACL. And he's also having probably some problems because Jarvis Landry isn't playing. So he's getting double covered a lot. And again, you know, that Cleveland offense, they got to feed their tight ends. They got to run the ball 20, 30 times. So Odell only has a few chances a game. And if him and Baker misfire, then Odell's going to have a two catch for a 25 yard game. That's that's how it goes. It's such a shame last year. He was finally starting to do good in the Cleveland offense. He had that one Mm -hmm. game against the Cowboys where like he ran for a touchdown and he threw for a touchdown and it looked like he was back to being the the same Odell. And then he had a season ending injury and it ruined everything. So I, I, I won't give up on Odell yet, but uh, I won't drop him yet, but I definitely wouldn't start him the next couple of weeks. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Adam Thielen, ever since his hot start to the season, he has definitely been second fiddle to Justin Jefferson. Um, he had five, fantasy points on three targets i mean he's definitely if you're just betting you get to pick one player to score a touchdown adam thielen's always going to be a pretty good pick for that but if he doesn't get that touchdown he's not going to get very many receiving yards so it's a little concerning i do still think you're starting him but the start of the season feels like it was a long time ago because it doesn't feel quite the same but i mean any advice for Thielen? Yeah, I, I knew I knew he was not going to duplicate 
his 14 touchdowns that he had last year and that Jefferson would even take a bigger role in the offense. Although I was hoping once Irv Smith uh, had his season ending knee injury that then maybe, you know, even more red zone opportunities would open up for Thielen, Thielen. But that Minnesota offense has just not been right. But don't give up on them because, again, you know, if Dalvin Cook, he comes back this week, that's going to open up a lot of room for the wide receivers. Cousins is at his best when he does the play action passing. And he hasn't been able to do that because Cook isn't around. So uh, I, I would still, uh, you know, think of him as a number two, number three wide receiver on it on your fantasy team and somebody who definitely deserves a start, you know, especially when he has an intriguing matchup. Yep. I agree with that. He, I think he always deserves a start though. Just know that some weeks it could be this 5.3 target outing. Um, Alan Robinson, I would argue the most disappointing of any fantasy pick so far this year, except for the guys that have gotten injured. I don't know. He's been really bad, and I don't see a turning ground, really. He scored five points last week on five targets. Um, That's five targets, but that's also five Justin Fields targets. Mm. Andy Dalton might come back at some point, but that's not necessarily great. Um, I, You can't start him. Can you drop him, though, like Odell? No, no, I I couldn't drop Allen. I mean, he was a top ten wide receiver coming into into the season. Right now, it's he's in a really rough spot because Justin Fields is the quarterback and he's struggling as rookie quarterbacks do. But the Bears are actually winning games because of their defense. So I don't think you know right now. I don't I don't think Dalton's going to come back anytime soon if the Bears keep winning, no matter how bad Fields is. So I I think. You're going to have to hold on to Robinson and just hope that in the next couple of weeks, Fields starts playing a whole lot better or that Andy Dalton does come back by midseason, which will definitely help Robinson out a bit. But uh, you can't really trade him right now. You you wouldn't get what you deserve for him. And if you drop him, you're not probably going to find a wide receiver better on the waiver wire than than he is. So uh, so stick it out with Robinson. Be patient. Give it a couple more weeks. Maybe if he has that one good game, then you could trade him when his value is a little higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, if I really need the roster space and I'm in like a 10-team league, I could drop him. I feel like I could if, let's say, um, let's just say Khalil Herbert's on the wire, bear for mm-hmm. bear. I would, like, if Allen Robinson is absolutely my worst guy on my team i would drop him for khalil herbert in a 10 team Mm. league Mm. he's probably not gonna get picked up um Mm. i don't know it's a really tough situation because it's alan robinson he was probably your second or third round pick yeah just dropping him it's it's tough but yeah that yeah that's been really bad yeah that's that that's definitely a tough one because alan's been so good and and i know Allen can do it with bad quarterbacks because, I mean, I saw him. He got 1,000 yards with Blake Bortles. He got 1,000 mm-hmm. yards with Mitchell Trubisky. So, I mean, that's one thing about Allen. He, he he can do – he doesn't need to have Aaron Rodgers out there to be productive. You know, he, he can do it with mediocre quarterbacks. So, uh, the, he just has to have Justin Fields throw it in his zip code and uh, stop throwing a Mooney on the other side, and I, I think Robinson will be okay. Maybe. Well, I'm interested to see how it ages. I could see him come the end of the year just be ultimately the biggest bust of the season. I could see it not getting any better. Um, 
One tight end I want to hit on who was really bad and has been kind of bad is TJ Hawkinson. He had three fantasy points on three targets. I mean, he's their only guy other than DeAndre Swift. Um, It's tough to give any advice because, of course, you're starting him. But he hasn't been good since week two. So it's tough, but... um. Any action you can take with TJ Hawkinson? Well, yeah, I, I I have Hawkinson in my league, and I thought he was going to have a big year because they don't have anybody else at wide receiver, and I figured they'd be trailing every game they're in, and he would get a lot of uh, action. And the first couple of weeks, it looked that way. I feel like I, I keep hearing he's got a couple of nagging injuries. I think those are causing problems for him. But uh, I you got to stick with him. I, right now on the waiver wire in most leagues, the tight end, you know, there's not much out there tight end wise. I mean, who are you going to get to replace him? Some like Gerald Everett type or something. Yeah. So I think Hawkinson's going to be okay. Detroit's wide receivers aren't going to get any better. I heard Tyrell Williams is coming back this week, but yeah, that's no great matter. shakes. So yeah, I, I, I stick with Hawkinson in, in the end of the year. I, you know, he's going to be a top 10 tight end, I think still. He'll, he'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, been he kind of bad coming in. So. Yeah, he's been kind of bad, and it's been fluky, I would argue, and he's still tight end seven on the season. So come the end of the season, he'll be fine. Um, yeah. I do want to say, though, I've been skeptical skeptical about a couple of these poor performances, um, but I do feel like TJ Hawkinson's going to get better. I think he is one of the Lions' best players, and it's just a matter of time before he starts doing things again. Mm. Um, that about sums it up, though. That was week five for you. Um, do you want to tell the people where you can be found on Twitter and anything else you are working on? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Craig Rondinone, R-O-N-D-I-N-O-N-E. And uh, read me on Rotoballer twice a week, Monday morning, uh, the tight end waiver wire column, and Thursday morning, the the pivot plays and post waiver pickups column. And uh, also just... Uh, if you uh, like reading fiction, I got a, uh, a short story collection out there on Amazon called 10 Tales to Make Your Head Explode. So feel free to uh, download that if you like short stories. That's that's what I like to do in my spare time. Dabble in that and uh, a little poetry once in a while. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, definitely check him out. As always, you can find me at FOV underscore sports. I'll talk to you next time. But until then, eyes in. Eyes.